And we are back with the fifth episode of NF Sports Talk. And in this episode, again, we'll be talking about NFL free agency as things have been really heating up over the last two or three days. And today is the official day that free agents can sign their new contracts with their teams. At the start of the new league year, it's officially begun. So we are officially in the 2020-2021 season of the NFL. And already, some of the biggest free agents in the game have been taken off the board and have signed big long-term deals with teams. You have players like Amari Cooper, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater. And those are just a few to name off the top. You also have other big-time news going on, like Cam Newton basically being run out of town in Carolina. And he's most likely going to have a new home in next season, I guess. And then you also have big trades, like DeForest Buckner being traded to the Indianapolis Colts and signing a long-term deal there. So we're just going to get started right into it, and uh, we're going to look at um, Teddy Bridgewater as he signed his three-year, $20 million a year contract. So it was a three-year, $60 million contract with the Carolina Panthers. Now, when you look at Teddy Bridgewater, you really get impressed in, in what he did last year in in, in uh, New Orleans when Drew Brees went down. He was able to come in there, he was able to win games and and do so very effectively and, and it was really great to see him succeed I guess because he was one of the more electrifying quarterbacks when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. He got injured, he couldn't really find a home and then last year he really excelled with with New Orleans Saints and this year he finds himself in a big in a big free agency situation and signs a three-year, $60 million contract with the Carolina Panthers. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous signing because, like I mentioned, he has, he has a lot of injury history in his past, and he hasn't really been able to just to stay healthy as consistent as you would like for your starting quarterback job. But at the same time, he had a stellar year last year, and you have to imagine that he's only 20, 27 years old, right? So you have to imagine that he's still not even in his prime yet. He can continue to grow and, and succeed. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to read off his stats last year. So he had he had a 5-0 and record, nine touchdowns to two interceptions. And he had almost 1,400, 1400 yards. Um, and, and he had a 68% completion percentage, so that, that's big. He was making passes. He was completing passes. I know they have a, bit, a lot of weapons over there in New Orleans with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, Jared Cook, Ted Ginn. He's not going to have the same caliber of weapons when he goes to Carolina, but he is going to have a, a, a better running back in Christian McCaffrey, I want to say. He can really receive the ball better than anyone. He's basically a wide receiver playing running back and, and can do both very, very well. Um, but at receiver, it's going to be tough because the Carolina Panthers don't really have anyone too, too big on their roster at receiver. 
and at tight end, they just got let Greg Olson go in free agency, or they released him rather, so they don't have a tight end at the moment. So it's going to be interesting to see what the pieces they put around Teddy Bridgewater in order to succeed, if that is their guy moving forward. Um, and on the other end, you got to look at it like Cam Newton. They have to find a trade for Cam Newton because they want to get rid of him. But if they cannot find a trade for Cam Newton, they're going to have Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, and uh, and uh, Allen there, who came in last year and, and did pretty well for them at the start. Um, I liked him. I He was doing well. He, he was completing passes, not doing receptions, and things kind of just went downward at the end of the season. But I don't know if that was entirely his fault, but... They do have a quarterback dilemma over there in uh, Carolina. Um, and it, it's just interesting to see that they chose Teddy Bridgewater over their, over their quarterback, Cam Newton, who has been with them their entire career. Because um, you look at Cam Newton, you, you don't really... Yeah, he's been, he's been getting somewhat injured, but... At his size, it's kind of inevitable. Like, last year was his only year that he didn't play 14 or more games. So, um, 14 or more games a season is pretty reliable. Uh, he averages more than 14 games a season. He's had one, two, three, four, five years out of his eight-year career where he, he averaged more than, where, where he played 16 games, sorry. So, you can you can count on him, and uh, I guess he's never posted big numbers throwing the ball. As his most yards throwing was his first year with four thousand and fifty one yards. Um, he's never really had consistent pieces around him. You know what I mean? Like at receiver, he had Steve Smith there for a little bit, but now he's really got. His running back and McCaffrey, his uh, his tight ends gone, and and Greg Olson, so they just got to add some weapons on that offense. I feel like, and and they can put really anyone there, and they could succeed. I bet. But I just when you look at Cam Newton, you think of how athletic and how how strong he is, and I just feel like you know he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He is. He's only. I guess he's getting up there in age 30. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is not a spring chicken either, right? He's 27, moving into 28. So, yeah, I guess it comes down to, to they just wanted maybe a change of scenery in Carolina. Um, and maybe they feel like they can get something for Cam Newton. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see because if they can't, then they're going to have, like I said, two quarterbacks there on the roster that are, are doing are doing the similar thing. Athletic, can throw the ball deep, can uh, avoid pass rushers. They're they're quite fast at the quarterback position. So they do have a lot of stuff going on there. At the, at the quarterback position. Um, 
and it'll just be interesting to see where Cam Newton maybe goes, as most most teams have either found their quarterback in the offseason or they're going to draft theirs, right? So I don't know if, if Cam Newton even goes anywhere. Uh, maybe he mentors someone, like a younger quarterback. I see the Washington Redskins could be interested in Cam Newton. And, and you think maybe he comes in for two years or so, one or two years, mentors Hashkins, and, and then... Hashkins becomes a similar quarterback to Cam. I, I think their size is similar. Hashkins is not as fast as as Cam. However, uh, they got a good arm. They both can throw it deep. And uh, they can be accurate at times. So it's going to be interesting to see if Cam Newton actually does find a home. And if he does, so he should probably find that before the NFL draft. Uh, because there's a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of big-name quarterbacks coming into the draft this year, like Joe Burrow, Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, just to name a few, who are, are, are all high-level caliber quarterbacks coming to teams that might not even be in need. But um, that, that's, that's, a big, that's a big deal going on there in Carolina. So it's just... I guess back to the Teddy Bridgewater topic. It's just great to see Teddy get paid, Teddy find a home, because you just want to root for that guy, and you want to root for him to continue to succeed. And uh, I wish nothing but the best for for Teddy Bridgewater there in in Carolina. So moving on to moving on to this big signing that the Dallas Cowboys did. I know they signed Gerald McCoy yesterday, but this is a bigger signing for them. Amari Cooper with a five-year, $100 million contract. Um, the man got paid, right? And he deserved it, too, ideally, because he, uh, he's very productive. Like He's one of the more productive receivers in the league. Uh, at get, getting yards, getting open. Um, and he's only 25 years old. I think that's that's the biggest thing here. He's so young, so and he's already had six years in his career in the league, right? So when you sign someone to a five-year contract like that, you're, you're, really, you're signing them for their prime, as he's going to be 30 when the contract expires. Expires, sorry. And uh, yeah, over the last two seasons, after over last season, he posted twelve hundred yards. Season before that, he posted he posted ten hundred yards. Season before that, ten hundred yards as well. No, no, excuse me. I was counting seasons. So the last two seasons, he posted over ten hundred yards, and in his career, in six seasons, he's posted fifteen hundred yards. Uh, but really, in in Dallas, he's excelled. He's excelled uh, very, very good in Dallas with Dak and uh, Zeke and that Dallas Cowboys offense. So, you know, that's just a big time deal for them as as they get the they get the receiver that that's wanted to stay there and who's who's uh, got a relationship with Dak Prescott now. It's just time for Dak Prescott to sign his deal. Or, I guess to 
to get a deal that he likes, but um, he did get a $33 million franchise tag, which is very lucrative for him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when they can get a long-term deal finalized. I uh, know that's probably their top priority right now is to get Dak Prescott uh, to a long-term deal um, and get him to stay there for for the majority of his career. Have have a three pieces of Dak, Amari, and, and Zeke there on your offense. That's just a recipe for success. <clears throat> Sorry, a recipe for success. Um, but yeah, it's it's just great to see the the Cowboys finally get their number one receiver back for for a for a long term deal. Maybe I know they they should probably get a tight end now. I know Jason Witten just left. Not like he was elite anymore anyway, but they really could use a tight end there because for a younger quarterback like Dak, the easiest way to look is down the middle of the field to a big body target like a tight end. And um, when you have no when you have no tight end there that can make plays for you, it makes you look to the outside and, and takes away your initial read, right? So um, they definitely are in the market for a tight end, I would say. Maybe they draft one this year. Maybe they trade for one. Um, I know Austin Hooper got off the market very quick, so he's gone. Um, Eric Ebron, he's here on the market, and, and he's only 26 years old, turning 27 next season. So he's quite young as well, and he's been in the league for quite some time now. And, and you got to think that, that Eric Ebron would be a pretty good fit for the Dallas Cowboys. He's coming off two very, very good years in Indianapolis. And uh, that'd be that'd be a pretty good fit for them, to be honest. Uh, getting a tight end like Eric Ebron, one of more better pass catching tight ends in the league. Uh, not the best run blocker, but with a line that that's the greatest, one of the best lines in the league. Like uh, the Dallas Cowboys, they're like a brick wall. So uh, you already have that elite line there so you don't have to worry about too much for a line for a tight end blocking but um yeah if they can just add a few more pieces on offense give Dak a few more weapons in the receiving area they already got a pretty pretty elite defense uh they've been adding to it like i said gerald mccoy signed a big deal Leighton vanderash is there they signed sean lee back um they probably are gonna have to get a cornerback now that Byron's gone. I I still think Xavier Rhodes is a perfect fit for the for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, as Xavier Rhodes is he's experienced, he's not too old. Probably can get him to a relatively cheaper price than Byron Jones would have cost him. And he's uh he's had many good years over over his career. So you can you can probably buy low right now and, and then sell high later if you have to because he's coming off his worst season as a, as a player so you might be able to to cash out there and and uh xavier Rhodes market um 
But yeah, it just the Cowboys are looking better and better. You know, I, I know they didn't make the playoffs last year, but they should have. But you can't really say that because they didn't. So they got to improve. They got to get better, and they got to. I think that the biggest thing was the distractions last year. There's so much distractions going around outside of the football with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. Jason Garrett was part of that. The Zeke drama at the beginning of the year was part of that. So you just want to have a a clean locker room, avoid the noise, and just and just do your job and, and play football. So hopefully they can do that with the new coach and Mike McCarthy avoid the distractions and just go out there and play football with that team that's very, very, very talented and uh, can maybe make a run of the playoffs and, and who knows, you know, with the new playoff seating, there's seven seven teams on each side. You never know who can make a splash. It can be very competitive like it always is and uh, it's just going to be interesting to see who makes it, who doesn't make it like usual and uh who makes a run at it, you know, maybe a seventh seed makes a push, gets in the championship game, and you never know, right, it's what's one game series each time you play a team, so it'll be interesting to see, and uh, it's going to be very exciting, so that's going to be the end of this first segment here, we're going to take a quick, quick break, and uh, we'll be right back with more NFL free agency news. What's going on? We are back with the second segment, the fifth episode of the NF Sports Talk podcast. We're continuing to talk about NFL free agency, as that's been the main storyline right now in the NFL, and kind of all in sports, as there's nothing else really going on now that most, actually all, sports leagues have been canceled and until further notice. So when you have the NFL free agency news, that's kind of the most intriguing thing to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about some veteran quarterbacks right now that have have really signed some lucrative contracts to stay with with the team and and in two cases leave the team. Um, First, we're going to talk about Drew Brees, how he signed his two-year $50 million contract to stay with the Saints. That's a big deal for the for the Saints. I know there wasn't much doubt that he was going to leave. But I think the biggest thing here was uh, was how lucrative the contract was. as $50 million for, for Drew Brees. I know he, he deserves that for sure. Um, but I, I wonder if you wanted to get as a quarterback that's looking to win, if you, if you maybe take $20 million a year and try to try to get some weapons, add a few more weapons to that team, maybe get a secondary receiver that is a bit better than Ted Ginn. Not quite as good as Michael Thomas, though. Maybe a bit faster tight end. Jerry Cook is <clears throat> getting up there in age. But I'm, I'm glad for Drew Brees. He's one of the game's best quarterbacks, and it just seems that as the older he gets, the better he gets. I know he's got a really good receiver there, Michael Thomas, who catches everything thrown his way. But Drew Brees is just getting more and more accurate as 
as time progresses and it and it was great to see him get his big contract but um like i said the other hand you have philip rivers here who's getting the same deal so it was only a one-year deal for philip rivers but he's getting 25 million dollars from the from the indianapolis colts now I know the Colts were eyeing Rivers. I know that's a good deal, or that's a good quarterback for them. Sorry, but I don't know if twenty-five million dollars is is the right price to buy Philip Rivers. I know he was coming off a big year throwing the ball, but at the same time, he had twenty interceptions. So you don't really wanna have someone come in there and throw the ball away that much if that's an issue, especially with with the Chargers having very elite receivers in Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they have Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, you know, that offense is pretty stacked on the offensive side of the ball. And you come into a Colts team um, who doesn't really, they don't really get much better on the offensive side of the ball. Eric Ebron, their star tight end, he's a free agent. You don't know where he's going. Um, and then you have T.Y. Hilton, who who's who's still good. He's he's good, but he like I said, he's getting a bit older. So you also have to consider the fact that they did just trade away their their thirteenth overall pick for DeForest Buckner. So they don't have a pick, which could potentially be a receiver at that high and a star receiver at that and when you sign a Phillip Rivers to a one year you're kind of saying well let's go win it all in one year let's see or, or maybe it's see what you can do and then we'll, we'll invest in you some more but um yeah I just I just don't know I, I definitely would take Drew Brees over Phillip Rivers if I was picking one or the other it's not like they're the same. They're about the same age, around the same experience level. However, uh, Drew Brees is just so much more elite right now than and Philip Rivers is. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see all these big, these classic quarterbacks like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady get these big contracts. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday about Tom Brady leaving. It wasn't really clear where he was going at that moment in time of recording, but he is he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I predicted as I knew he was looking for weapons and they have a loaded offense there in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard. Maybe Antonio Brown follows Tom Brady to Tampa Bay. And if you look at that that team now, if they can get to, can get Antonio Brown some way, they'll have the best receiving core in the league. Without a doubt. They'll have Tom Brady, who is looking to prove something. Has a chip on his shoulder. And you have O.J. Howard, who hasn't really been able to reach his potential yet as a first-round draft pick. But with Tom Brady, who loves someone as much as tight ends, you can just imagine that 
he'll incorporate O.J. Howard in the offense as soon as he can. It's just so weird to me to see to say this, like Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay Buccaneers uniform throwing the ball to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players, seeing him in a new jersey. It just, it just seems weird. It just doesn't seem right. And and but it's happening, right? So. It's just crazy to see, and uh, yeah, I guess you know you didn't really expect it. I don't know, I don't know why. No one really knows exactly why, but it happened. And uh, we're gonna see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees twice a year in that division now. And you know, like I said, if they get Antonio Brown with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and Tom Brady, you gotta expect them to be a a playoff contender because they had a top five ranked defense last year with their picks, their draft picks, and their players coming back at free agency and their offense the already the way it is. You know, that's a good team. As much as I don't like to see it, I hate to see it, right? You don't really want to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be a good team, but it looks like they're going to be a good team. And, uh, yeah, it's just crazy that Tom Brady's going to be throwing passes in another uniform. I know he's going to have someone to prove, and he's going to want to go out there and play his best football. So having elite wide receivers and a great coach and Bruce Arians, it's going to be it's going to be a great, great fit for him. And, uh. Now I get to root for two teams on one on each conference, and uh, who knows what happens? You know what I mean. Uh, I'm excited for the future for the Patriots with Jarrett Stidham there. I really think he's going to be the the quarterback for us, especially with McDaniel's and Belichick focusing mainly on him now, um, developing him. And Stidham's got a great ball. You're right. He he throws the ball accurately. Can zip it. It's a bit more mobile than a regular quarterback. And, you know, he's got the right attitude for it. So it's going to be great to see. I'm, I'm really excited, actually, because, you know, Tom Brady leaving is sad. But, but you know, change is sometimes good. And we're gonna to have to move on from him, from move on from Tom Brady one day or another, right? So you might as well prepare yourself and just embrace the possibility of Jared Stidham coming in there and and playing well, and hopefully he can he can play well. And I, I have faith in him. I, I've liked him since the first day we drafted him, and. Uh, yeah, it's just going to be really, really great to see. Really great to see uh, what Jared Sidham can do this offseason into the into the regular season. And, and I'm just really excited for football, you know. Um, as a Patriots fan, this year wasn't the greatest year. There was a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of games that were kind of boring. Uh, wasn't much action going on. It was more defensively focused. But when you have a big change in your offense like your quarterback leaving and your younger quarterback 
most likely getting the starting role. It just really gets you excited for what, what the future could bring. And, uh, yeah, it's just going to be very exciting to see what happens in the draft. Moving forward in free agency, there's still some big-time free agents here on the board with Chris Harris, Jadavion Clowney, Jameis Winston, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Eric Bebron, like we mentioned, Melvin Gordon's a huge piece, Mike Daniels, Desmond Trufant, the list goes on and on. Um, and there's just some still some big-time players that are on the board and that can find homes. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I'm just getting breaking news now about quarterbacks, more quarterback news, that the Jacksonville Jaguars have traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears for a fourth-round draft pick. And that's very, very interesting for both teams as it looks like the Jacksonville Jaguars are going full in on Gardner Minshew, that beast, that stud of a, of a quarterback. And it looks like the Bears are looking to have a Nick Foles-Trubisky battle going on there in Chicago. I know everyone rips on Mitchell Trubisky for, for not playing at the highest level that he can and he's not a good quarterback or this and that, but... It'll be interesting to see if Nick Foles can do any better because there's not many pieces around Trubisky on that Bears team. Not many weapons. So I guess it'll be interesting to see if they can decide to add weapons now and if they decide Nick Foles is their quarterback. I just don't understand. It just seems that Nick Foles is just on a different team every time I look at it, and he doesn't age, right? He's only 31, so... Not too old. You know, it's, pre it's a pretty good age. But he's been on the, a ton of teams. Chiefs, Eagles twice. Um, the Bears now. The Jaguars. There's a lot of teams that he's been on. So it's, it'll be interesting to see coming off his year where he did not play very well at all. And even, even the year before that, he didn't play that extremely well either. So I'll, I'll be interested to see if they buy into the Nick Foles hype that's been surrounding him ever since that Super Bowl run. And uh, yeah, the Bears are making moves here. I still think Mitchell Trubisky can be a great quarterback in this league as he was drafted really, really high. I don't know if it was the first, second or third pick or whatever it was, but um, yeah, he was drafted second overall. I I believe that he he can still be great, you know. It is he like I said, just got to get the pieces around him, and uh, you know you gotta you gotta remember that they're they're a field goal away two years ago from advancing into the playoffs, and. And go into the um, AFC or NFC Championship game. So, yeah, you, you, you take Mitchell Trubisky and you say, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. But in his second year, he went 11 and 3. I know his defense was stellar. But at the same time, he had over 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and. 
only 12 interceptions to a 2 to 1 interception ratio, TD to interception ratio. So, you know, he's still young. Like, he's only 25 years old. Um, and he's still learning as, as he goes. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's going to be a Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles battle here in Chicago. I wonder what they do with their draft picks. I don't know if how many they have after trading for Mac a few years back. But, um, yeah, Mitchell Trubisky and, and Nick Foles are now going to be on the same team competing for the same spot. And they're going to have a battle down there in Chicago. So uh, that's some really interesting news coming out of, coming out of the NFL right now. And uh, you just got to wonder who's going to win that and who's going to be their starting quarterback by the time the season starts. So um, that's going to be the end of the second segment of this podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with the last segment talking about some kind of more mysterious moves, but at the same time, they're, they're moves that have some, some upside to them. And, uh, they're going to be very interesting to see how it happens and how it how it folds out for them next season in, in a new new, uni, new uniform. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be right back and uh, finish off this podcast. And we are back, the third segment of the NF Sports Talk podcast. And we're going to be talking about, like I said, some weird moves that have sort of happened in the free agency so far this, this offseason. But it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting moves, to say the least. So, to start off, Marcus Mariota is gone from Tennessee, which is sort of weird to see. Um, because when you think of the Titans, you think of Marcus Mariota, as he's been there for so long. Um, but he's going to the Las Vegas Raiders and it's, it's, it's really interesting to see because Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota are essentially going to be battling it out for the number one spot. I think this is a way of Gruden to say, look, who wants it most and whoever wants it most, you know, you're going to get it. So in the off season... They're going to be battling for the spot um, to, to, to control that team and to be the number one quarterback. I, I'm looking at I'm looking at Mariota's stats right now, and they don't really wow you. I guess like it's 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 just kind of shocking to see because he was having one of his better years this year, and they weren't winning games. So they so they got they benched him for Ryan Tannehill. Um, last year he he didn't do great, only twenty five hundred yards, eleven touchdowns to eight interceptions. Not the best. Year before that, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. But in two thousand sixteen, he really has stellar year with thirty four hundred yards, twenty six touchdowns, and nine interceptions, which is which is a great great year for him, and an additional three hundred and fifty yards on the ground with with two touchdowns there. So 
when you think of Marcus Merritt, you think of a guy who can run the ball. He can throw accurate at times. And he can also uh, also evade defenders when he when he's in trouble. So it, it it's interesting to see to see him in a in a system where you know you're competing for another quarterback spot against a guy like Derek Carr, who you know I I still think Derek Carr is a good enough quarterback to to get the job done. But I'm wondering to see if Gruden kind of did this to, to challenge both quarterbacks to bring their best out of them and uh, to, be, to help them reach the next step on their own. You know, Derek Carr's coming off a year where the team finished 7-9, and nine, but he had over 4,000 yards. He had 21 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. And, uh, you know, he did a really good job of... Uh, of just being productive with the limited resources he had. He had Darren Waller, and that was his number one go-to guy after Antonio Brown left. And I just wonder if Antonio Brown stays, that team does better. You know what I mean? Because over the last two seasons, Derek Carr has posted more than 4,000 yards. And, and, and on average, he's <clears throat> he's averaging close to 4,000 yards a year for his career. You know, he's... He he puts the great numbers up. He's only given up, he's given up sixty two picks in his career. And those numbers have gone down over the last four years. And he's gotten a lot of touchdowns, a lot of passing touchdowns, one hundred and forty three over his career. But somehow he has such a bad losing record. You know, you look at it right now that the year he threw thirty two touchdowns, they went seven and nine again. So. You know, it's 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 a matter of time before it's like, well, it's not Derek Carr, it's the team and what we have around Derek Carr. Even much so, it maybe it's just the defensive side of the ball because if Derek Carr is posting these numbers with these low to low average players on offense and receiving, then you you have to think maybe you got to put your chip somewhere else and start loading up the defensive side of the ball or or loading up the offensive side of the ball to have more weapons that he can put more points up. Um, Derek Carr's only missed two games in his entire career. Other than that, he's played every single game, started every single game. So I, I think he gets a lot of a lot of slack for for um, for not winning games, but he's playing just as well as any other quarterback in the league. You know, with the, with the, what he's given, right? So. It's going to be interesting to see Derek Carr and, and Marcus Mariota battle it out there. At this moment in time, you know, I, I still like Derek Carr over Mariota. Mariota is more electrifying and he, he sounds better coming out of your mouth. You know, Marcus Mariota, you think of Heisman, you think of big rushes, you think of, you know, electrifying plays. But Derek Carr, he just simply gets the job done when it comes to scoring points and it comes to getting yards. But he doesn't win. So, you know, that's kind of Gruden's job. Gruden came in here on a big contract to help win games and to get that team to the next level. So it's it's going to be on Gruden and it's going to be on, on, on the other pieces of the team to step up and help Derek Carr out because Derek Carr is a good quarterback. He He's getting, you know, he's 28 years old. He's 
becoming more and more mature and experienced. And, uh, you know, he can still run the ball as well. So you think Mariota can run extremely well, and, and Derek Carr can run when he needs to. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just convincing to see Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota battle it out. And, and kind of the winner-takes-all scenario, you know, whoever wins gets the gets the starting role, I'm assuming. Like, Derek Carr had a 7% completion percentage last year, which is quite impressive. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see. I wonder if this sparks Derek Carr to compete at the highest possible level of, of what he, he does. You know, it's hard not to like Derek Carr. He seems like a great guy. He seems like a competitive guy. He seems like a guy who is willing to go out there and just do what's ever asked of him and so far he's really done that it's just on the stat sheets he don't he doesn't have the wins so you know it's gonna be interesting to see what the Raiders do in the draft this year to build around him and, and build around that team and you know I know they're in a tough division with the Chiefs the Chargers and the Broncos but just a few pieces here, a few pieces there, and you hit big on them, and, and then you become a playoff contender team in, in the in the AFC, especially with seven seeds, seven playoff spots now instead of six. So that's just one extra spot for your team to make a push at the playoffs and for a team to have a Cinderella story type, type year once they make the playoffs. So you never know if that's the Raiders or who it is. So... <clears throat> It's definitely interesting to see Mariota go to the to go to the Las Vegas Raiders and, and have him on that team. Um, another big move, like mentioned earlier, we talked about how the, the Colts traded away their thirteenth pick, but they get a pretty big time defensive tackle, defensive lineman in DeForest Buckner, who. Uh, who at the defensive tackle position, I don't know if he's a defensive tackle uh, or a defensive end, what his main title is, but, you know, he, he gets to the quarterback. He gets sacks. He has a young, he's young, only 26 years old. And he, he uh, coming off a season where he had seven and a half sacks. The year before that, he had 12. Um, I, I know that the, the, 13th overall pick by the Colts is a pretty high draft pick, especially when they were kind of doing well on the defensive side. But DeForest Buckner's a young player. He's a standout player, and he's uh, he's someone who, who you know what you're going to get with him, right? You don't really know what you're going to get with a draft pick because they've been unproven. But with four years to go in the league, with four years in the league, um... You know what you're going to get with him, and hopefully he can carry to his success with the Colts on on their side because they're heavily invested in him. And um, yeah, their, their defense is looking scary with uh, Leonard and DeForest Buckner now, uh, Malik Hooker. They just have a lot of players who make plays on the defensive side of the ball, and. Um, they just got to work on offense now, and then you never know, right? You have Phillip Rivers, who's experienced, and, and he's accurate. So you get him in receivers, and you might start winning games. 
Um, but yeah, for the 49ers, I guess when you look at it on that side, they got a really they got a really high pick at 13 with the 49ers. They are like this is an insanely good trade for the 49ers because they already had Nick Bosa. They just signed Eric Armstead to a huge deal. Um, they have D Ford as well. So their pass rush was pretty set. They already had very, very good pass rushers. And if anything, they were kind of slacking on the offensive side of the ball. So when you get a 13th pick in a stack receiver draft, you want to... You want to assume that they're going to be taking a, a receiver at 13, possibly one of the bigger receivers. Um, maybe they look for speed. Maybe they look for height. Um, but yeah, they, they, they have a 13th overall pick now, which is huge. And, you know, they, they have to improve in receiving. They, they have a running game that's Second to none. They have three running backs that can run the ball extremely well. They have Kittle, who's an extremely well run blocker, blocker and, and pass catcher. And they just have a fast, fast uh, receiver out there in Samuel. He's not the biggest, but he, he's really good. They're losing Emmanuel Sanders most likely to free agency, so you'd think that their their first uh, first need in the, in the draft is a wide receiver. And there's so many good wide receivers coming out of this year's draft. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they take one and who they actually take to fulfill a need on that team. I don't know how long they wait, but the, like I said, the 13th overall pick is really, really high. And, and they did a good job of, of, of improving in that position. And, and hopefully they, they get someone who is a big-time player at number 13. I wonder if they what to do with it like like I said you don't really know but yeah a 13th pick is is has a ton of value in the league nowadays and uh, the Niners made a really really great move there so uh, yeah it's just been some really interesting news over the last few days of free agency it feels like the news is starting to settle down you know on the first day on Monday there was just trade after trade after Signing after signing after this and that, but uh, now it's starting to slow down, and uh, there's some still some very big pieces out there that need to find homes. So it'll be interesting to see who uh, who lands Javion Clowney as he's one of the biggest names on the on that board. Um, Not to mention Chris Harris, Xavier Rhodes. Like these guys are all big time players who, who are still free agents. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see these next few days, next weeks to come before leading up to draft, what teams decide to do, and the trades that happen. You know, uh, you just you just it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, they don't have homes yet. So, yeah, it's just gonna be amazing to see what continues to happen and what the ripple effect is on the market on what teams do this, what teams do that. And, uh, it's just going to be very exciting as a football fan. I don't, I know I'm excited. I hope everyone else is excited as a football fan. 
and maybe just a fan of sports. As right now, this is the main sporting event. This main sporting entertainment happening right now is is looking at your phone and seeing a tweet from Ian Rappaport about who's been signed, who's been traded, who's going here, who's going there. So, you know, it's just a it's a great time to be a football fan, and, and it gives sports fans a little bit of entertainment during this time. So I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope everyone's, you know, doing well. And, uh, yeah, it's just been great great to see all these moves been made in the free agency so far. It's been entertaining, and uh, I'm excited to see what the rest of the football season has to come. It's start of the next league year, start of uh, football once again, and uh, I'm getting really excited. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll be back with Episode 6 later on. So thank you very much.